You're listening to Bold Voices, Soft Hearts, a podcast featuring stories of people who found their passion through pain. We're so glad you're here with us. Be sure to follow us on social media and send this episode to a friend who might need some encouragement. And now our latest episode. Welcome back listeners, Misty here, and we are officially on our third episode of 2024. I have loved exploring boundaries with you, finding courage and spurring on love and encouragement with Molly in last week's episode, and I'm really excited for what we have in store today. Usually, this is the part where I introduce my guest and explain a bit about their background. But with our guest today, I want you to hear straight from the horse's mouth. She has taken a pivot in her life recently that has inspired and challenged me and so many others. She has a passion for helping others and is a key player in my own pivot currently. I'm ecstatic to have her on Bold Voices Soft Hearts. Michelle, welcome. Thanks so much. Um, I'm so thrilled to be here, Misty. Um, Just by way of introduction, I'm Michelle Bufano. Um, I am the founder and CEO of Michelle Bufano Business Consulting, LLC. Before that, I spent 26 years as a lawyer um, at big firms. I was a litigator who defended Fortune 500 companies. And about a year ago, I decided that I don't want to do that anymore, that I wanted to do something that felt more meaningful to me. So I decided to pivot. And in May, I formed my own consulting company, Michelle Bufano Business Consulting. And what I do there is um, my goal is to provide equal access to female, uh, provide female entrepreneurs with equal access to capital and to talent and to resources, because I feel like women have a harder time out there in the business world. Um, and I want, I just want the playing field to be even for all of us. I want us to all start from the same place instead of somebody starting from third base and, you know, we're, we're not even up to bat yet. (laughs) Very true. So based in your experience in your prior life. Yes. Were there personal experiences or things that you witnessed that sort of lit your fire to go in this direction? Yeah, definitely. I mean, as I mean, and I was within, I was a equity partner within my firm. And I found that the more senior I became and the higher I climbed up the ladder, so to speak, um, the less access I was getting, which was a little um, (laughs) not what I expected at all. I thought when I got (laughs) to be more senior, things would become easier, but they actually became a lot harder. There are a lot fewer women at the top. I had no female role models. Um, I had no um, female mentors. Um, And I really, I I mean, I have one male mentor, but even then um, it was just completely different. So I was struggling with my own identity and my own feeling of lacking access. Mm. And I decided um, at one point during the pandemic that I wanted to pivot my legal practice at my firm and focus on female entrepreneurs. And when I did that, and I did that for about a year, it became um, very clear very quickly that the law, the traditional law firm model does not um, may avail itself of um, any entrepreneurs, um, anybody starting out, male or female, um, the price point is just too high. 
most law firms bill on an hourly rate, um, as mine did. And I, you know, that's a great business model for them, but that's not a business model that could be sustainable with the group of people I was looking to assist. So I decided to go out on my own. Mm. So let's talk to the woman or man who's out there and maybe they're, they've gone a certain direction or trajectory. They've had a certain because, okay, so when you were younger, did you you knew what you wanted to do, yes? Or did it take a little mulling out, figuring? Um, I mean, more or less, yes. Um, I have this story of when I was in fourth grade on move up day to fifth grade. Um, our teacher made us, um, made us <laughs> kind of a little description of ourselves. And one of the questions was, um, what do you want to be when you grow up? And at that time I said a lawyer. And I don't even know that I knew really what a lawyer was when I said that at, you know, that age, nine, whatever age I was, 10. Um, but my mother was always someone who pushed me to want to be a lawyer, um, largely because she grew up very, very poor. And she didn't have educational opportunities. She graduated from high school and had to go to work because mm -hmm. if she didn't go to work, she wouldn't be able to eat. So mm -hmm. um, she never had the opportunity to go to college. So she wanted me to be able to have a career where I could um, basically fend for myself for the rest of my life and not have to rely on anyone else. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and there were, you know, there were bumps along the way when I graduated from college, I, I decided I didn't want to go to law school. I took a year off and, um, that did not go well, uh, go over well with my mother. You know, they basically <laughs> cut me off. I mean, not that they, you know, my parents very, very modest living. Um, but, and we, I grew up in a blue collar town, so it's not like they had tons of money to, to share, but they, you know, didn't give me any money. I was out on my own for that year. And I spent, um, that year between law school and college working as a legal assistant, um, at a law firm. And I was awful. Like I was, I thought I was so good. <laughs> and in retrospect, I'm like, Oh my God, I would have fired me on like day two because I was so, so terrible, but I was, you know, a 22 year old know-it-all and I, I knew everything. And <laughs> as um, we I, all do at that age, exactly, right? Exactly. Exactly. And then, um, it wasn't enough money. So then I worked as a cashier at a local supermarket from six to midnight every night. So, um, and I still was eating like ramen and generic cereal. Like that was my entire, um, <laughs> diet. <laughs> so it still wasn't enough money. So when it came around to making a decision that spring, did I want to go to law school? Did I want to go to grad school? What did I want to do? I was honestly, I was just exhausted and hungry. <laughs> and I just was like, so tired of adulting, like adulting that first year didn't work out for me. Um, and <laughs> when my mother, when my mother said, well, why don't you just come home? You can go to law school at Seton Hall. You've already gotten in and you can live with us and you don't have to worry about where you're going to live or what you're going to eat. Um, it was really very, very enticing. So um, exhausted, hungry me was like, okay, I'll do that. And <laughs> <laughs> ding, ding, that's ding. How, exactly. That's how I ended up um, back in New Jersey and going to Seton Hall because I'd gone to college in Massachusetts and I worked there for a year following. Mm. I love hearing sort of the path that people find themselves on, whether it's, you know, I did this to survive. I did this because my parents wanted me to. I did this because this is what everybody in my family does. I did this right. because, you know, whatever it may be, I think we all have, um, something that we come from that sort of sets us on the on the path that that we go to and i think you know now being in my 40s i'm coming across a lot more people who will 
say, you know, I started to do this and I just don't really want to stay on this path or I want more freedom. I'm a mom and I want flexibility. I want to make my own schedule. I want to... I want to monetize something that I'm doing already. So little side note here, Michelle has worked with me because for years since my son Jed was born uh, with Down syndrome, I've been on the advocacy track and I've been connecting people and doing things that stemmed naturally from my own heart that I wanted to do. And at a certain point, I realized, wow, I'm doing a lot of work for no money. (laughs) And as much as I love it and want to continue it, I need to find a way to fuel that passion project. Right. And, and so enter Michelle and Michelle has been such a godsend for me, not only because of the, the work that you've done with me, but more so just as an inspiration of, you know, you don't have to have it all figured out. Like if you want to take a pivot, just Take a step, take a step in that direction. And so I guess I'm wondering for other people who might be listening, for other, my heart obviously is really with with moms maybe at this like mm-hmm. juncture of life who need to, to make some income, who have some gifts and abilities, which we all do. But they're just like, I can't, I can't branch off on my own. I've been doing this thing for 30 years or whatever it is, you know, um, right. what, what, I guess, encouragement would you have to someone in that position? Um, and what would you say, like, would be just a good first step to sort of explore something? Um, I think I would say to somebody in that position, um, you can absolutely do it. And if you're passionate about something, it's easy to make that pivot. I was very passionate about helping female entrepreneurs, which made the pivot easier. My, my vision was for a world where, um, all women thrived. My my mission was to make sure there was equal access. And my core values were very much not just I'm going to help women, but women and I are going to work together um, to get to that spot. So I really think the first step for any woman who's thinking of branching out on their own is to talk to other women who have done it. And they will give you um, advice. And it's not as you well know, Misty, it's not like fun and games every day. <laughs> it's, you know, there are days that are really, really hard and entrepreneurship are, is not for the faint hearted because especially, you know, the cash flow. I mean, you don't know in the beginning, it's very, very hard to predict. Even with a business plan, you just don't know how things are going to go. And the truth is even when, and I think you know this well, once you plan out what you're going to do, Um, it doesn't go that way. Like it morphs into something completely different, which is okay. But you've just got to be willing like you are to just roll with it and Mm -hmm. and see what sticks. So I think talking to other women who have done it, um, I think would be the first step I would take if I were a woman thinking about doing this. And it's something I did myself when I was thinking about it. I'm a member of an organization called Chief, which is a women's organization. senior women's networking um, group. And it was really my chief sisters who gave me the strength to be able to say, okay, I am bored. This is not meaningful. I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. What can, you know, I am not going to be able to survive. Like, is this it? (laughs) I can't do this every day for the rest of my life. They're the ones who kind of gave me the strength and the encouragement um, and the inspiration to try this new thing. Mm. And um, they're still there. And what I've really found is kind of great about having a community like that is that if you need help, they're there for you. Mm. Um, 
you know, it's so funny. Somebody had reached out to me when I launched my company and said, I've never seen on LinkedIn somebody get like so many comments and so many likes. You know, it was such a big splash when you launched and launches don't usually go that way. How did you make that happen? And um, I said, I asked for help. And I was just very um, systematic about it. I took my network, you know, my 12 closest friends and in the network and said, okay, I'm launching on this date. Here are the materials. Here's the website. Here's what I'd like you to say. Will you please help me? Hmm. And every single one of them helped me. And um, it just kind of um, magnified from there. So I think women and and you know this yourself, you're hesitant to ask for help, A, because you don't want to burden somebody, and B, you don't want to seem like you don't know what you're doing, and you want to be a pleaser, and you don't want to, you know, kind of, um, I don't know, um, make things disruptive, you want to, you know, you want the peace, so you tend not to ask for help, and I know I tend not to ask for help, I'm terrible about asking for help, but we can't do it alone. Um, you know, and, and just let me put a little plug in for Misty. Um, we help each other, um, because Misty is actually, I'm Misty's client as well. She's helping me, um, with some social media stuff and a newsletter. And I would not be doing, I certainly wouldn't be doing Instagram on social media if it weren't for Misty convincing me that I needed to, and kind of expanding my mind and helping me with it. Like it just wouldn't be happening. Mm. So we really are in this together. Mm. Yes, <laughs> and I are. think I think that's really kind of um, the beauty of women um, networking and um, going into business together. Oh, 100%. It's so true. And you touched on community, which is my, my hot button, um, <clears throat> the power of it. And it this really taps into the title of the po podcast, because you have to have a bold voice and a soft heart. Because it's hard to be vulnerable and it's hard to be transparent. And it's hard, yeah. like you said, to ask for help. And it's hard to say, I don't know how to do this. You know, yeah. there's a couple of things that I want to meet with you about because I'm like, I don't know how to do this. And I've been too embarrassed to tell you this. Oh, please. <laughs> but I, funny because we assume we're supposed to have all the answers, right? Like, yeah. like, oh, well, that person seems to have it together. Like, I would look at you, Michelle, and think, well, she has all of her ducks in a row. So I don't even want to give her a hint that I don't know what's going on. But then you share, well, gosh, I don't know how to do X, Y, and Z. And I go, oh, I know how to do that. I'll help you with that. Will you help me with this? And before you know it, it's like you said, it's like this cohesive communal, you know, it's not kumbaya, but it's it's a beautiful- It kind of is though. <laughs> with it, it the really... right people, it can be, right? Absolutely. And with um... the right attitude. Absolutely. I mean, everything you just said was so true. And it is important for um, folks out there who are thinking of doing this. You don't know it. Like, I'm not saying you might not know it all. You don't know it all. I, I promise you, you don't know it all. And you need to accept that you don't know everything. And sometimes ego wise, that's a really hard thing to do, especially if you've you've had a previous career where you have been very driven and um, it's been competitive. It's hard to admit that you don't know something because you're worried somebody's going to see that as a sign of weakness. Yeah. But I personally have found as soon as I just leaned into who I was, good and bad, um, the world opened up for me. Um, you know, people 
people started reaching out saying, oh, I'm so glad you said this because I'm bad at this, or I'm so glad you shared this emotional experience you had because I had it too and I thought there was something wrong with me. Um, so kind of just shared human experience. You don't get that sort of connection without, I think, being transparent and vulnerable and authentic. Yeah, 100%. If you Do you have like a a bucket of of phrases or fears that you've heard from people of why they won't take this pivot or take this step to maybe not even start their own business, but to, I don't know, have you read the book, um, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron? No, I haven't. So it's all about people who have a, a job or a career path but they have a passion in, in, in another area, maybe writing or art or sculpting or hair or whatever, right, but they right, just right. their whole life been like pushing it down because they have to work and they have to make money. And so they're like, no, I'm not going to do that thing that gives me joy. And one of my passions is to be like, no, do that thing. Like do it. It may not make you money right now or ever, but do it if it fuels you. And so right. I wonder, you know, as maybe you've, started down this new path of helping women like me, like what, what do you hear from people who are hesitant to get started, to try, to, you know, to, to make their own path? Um, I think the single biggest thing I hear is that um, there's a fear of failure. Um, you know, people, again, I think women in particular like to, or tend to only start something or present something when it's absolutely perfect. Like there are statistics about women only, only apply for jobs where they think they're 90% qualified, where men apply when they're like 20% qualified <laughs> and they have, and they don't think twice about it, but we like worry, oh, they're gonna, they're gonna know, you know, mm -hmm. that I don't know how to use Instagram, you know, or whatever it is. And, you know, men just don't, I, I don't, I don't see them having those same kind of um, limitations, self-limitations. So I think women are really scared of failing. I think there's also a financial component to it. I think in this day and age, um, women, you know, it's not the fifties anymore. You know, women don't want to rely on men for their income. And um, I actually had <laughs> a mentor years ago when I, when I was much younger, um, tell me something kind of interesting, which I'm not positive I agree with, but um, her little like um, saying was a woman without a job is um, one step away from being a woman on welfare. Mm. And um you know, I have seen, you know, divorces and, and things happen with friends where the women, you know, they have this great extravagant life. And then, you know, what the marriage breaks up and they don't know what to do. And e even friends who have stayed together, I, I have a good friend who um, her daughter's the same age as my older daughter. And she's actually reached out to me to say, I want to start my own business. Mm. And I feel like I made so many mistakes. Like I made such a mistake by staying home and taking care of my kids full time. Like, I feel like, why would anybody want to hire me? I don't know anything. Um, there was so much self doubt there. And, you know, my advice is just do it. I mean, act, you are, you are what you believe you are. So if you believe you can do something, you'll do it and other people will believe. Um, so I think it's also getting rid of that. I think women have a lot of self-doubt and um, they, they think if they, again, they have to be perfect before they can do something. And mm. uh, I was just on the phone with somebody the other day who was like freaking out. And I was just like, listen, you gotta, you know, we, we got off the phone and I, I didn't quite 
comment on what she was saying about herself. And then I called her back a couple hours later because I was driving and thinking about it. And I was like, stop it. Like you can do whatever you set your mind to say you're something and you are mm. like, you have to, you have to actualize it. Um, you know, you're, you're not, um, if you think you can't do something, it's going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy. But the same thing is true when you think you can do something. Mm. So you've got to believe in yourself, I think, really strongly. Yes. And those those regrets that you were hearing from that person who called you about, oh, I made such a mistake staying home with my kids or whatever. I think that that's something that women do too. We like shame ourselves like, oh, I should have known better or I should have done something different. No, like you'll never... <laughs> For that, for that person, you'll never get those years back with your kids. Like she, right. she, and to be able to, to have that, it is, it is a hot, it's the hardest job in the world to be a mom. It's like Absolutely. the most demanding thing ever. And so to be able to take those skills and those, those time managements and those schedulings and those, the chaos that surrounds you each day as a mom and to say, no, like I have the ability to make a plan to run a household to multitask. And here are some of the skills that I bring to the table and to own that and to be like, yes. yeah, I haven't been on the, in the workforce in a while, but you know what? I have these skills and I'm going to, I'm going to use them. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And it was really kind of interesting um, what she said. Um, and it, it kind of feeds into something you said a few moments ago. She felt like she felt, she felt peer pressure not to have a job. She felt like people would judge her as a bad person, as mm -hmm. a bad mom, um, if she was a working mom. Um, and I kind of fell on the other side of the spectrum where I remember my oldest being in kindergarten and I was literally among like three or four moms who had jobs. Like every other mom there was a stay at home mom and they would treat me badly they would judge me for, you know, what is she doing? She's, you know, she's a bad mom. And they'd be like, I would overhear them going, oh, you know, poor dear, she has to work. And the truth is I did have to work um, because I kind of had to pay my mortgage, but, <laughs> you know, but that but, little but, thing, but, but the truth of it is I would have worked anyway. And I have two daughters and it's never kind of occurred to them that they wouldn't have a role as a working mom. They well, believe they can do both well. Yeah. And the thing is, we we all have a choice and we all make the choice that is right for ourselves. And it's not the wrong choice. Right. You know, and, and I choices change. What's the right choice changes over time. Right. I was just talking to a, a brilliant friend I have who's been in the workforce the whole time her first daughter has been growing up and she's pregnant with her second child. And she's like, I'm really thinking about, you know, staying home, but I, you know, I don't know. I've been a working mom for so long. I don't know how to pivot. That's a pivot too. But the thing Absolutely. is, is that we all have that, that choice. It's not an easy choice on either side. And I do think I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up, Michelle, because I do think there is judgment on both sides. Yes. I think in contrast to what you just said of when women come together and encourage, encouraging each other, being vulnerable with each other, sharing their struggles and their weaknesses and their triumphs. I think in contrast, women can be the harshest critics critics of one another and tear each other down. And that does nobody any good. We all have a path that we're, we're on and who are we to judge someone else's? We have no idea what goes on behind closed doors, but right. it, it, we, that, that should mean that when somebody takes a, a, a pivot or a step in a different direction that we're like, cool, 
bring it on. I encourage that. That's great. You know, Um, and I think that can be really scary for a mom who's been staying home or a mom who's been working and now they're going to stay home. It's all kind of like that unknown, but in many ways, that's an adventure, right? That's the adventure you're embarking on with your clients. Yes, for sure. And I think another thing that confronts women is especially younger women. Um, I feel like society kind of pits us against each other and makes us think that there's limited seats at the table Mm. um, for us. And we are competing with other women for those seats where men don't think that way. They just assume they have a, a seat at the table. And I think at least for me, as I've gotten older, I've realized there's enough room for everybody. Um, you know, it's amazing to me how people who are doing, um, who have businesses that are similar to mine want to help me. They refer clients Mm. to me and vice versa, because it's not a competition. Mm -hmm. You know, we all can succeed. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, when I was in my thirties and I was that kindergarten mom, um, I don't think I appreciated that at all. Mm. So when you, uh, Michelle has hosted these these breakfasts at, at, at chief that you mentioned earlier, and I've been to a, f- a couple of them. And, uh, one of the things that I've noticed uh, just in spades is the desire for the women there to help one another. And somebody says, you know, I ha- I really have this struggle and someone else pipes up and goes, let's talk. I have it. I have an idea for you. I have a thought for you right. and we're unstoppable. I mean, we we really are. When we you when we tap into our strengths and then tap into the strengths of those we know, I mean, we're unstoppable. Women, Absolutely. women Absolutely. rock, right? Like, <laughs> yes, we, they do. We, yes, they do. But together, I mean, really, we can't. It's hard to do it all alone. And I think women think, you know, on a certain level, they have to, and they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just not the case. Mm. Yeah, I hear that. I'm. I'm so glad that you agreed to be on this with me because I think that there's a woman or two or 50 that need to hear this today. I think that we have a lot of um, challenges facing us in 2024 to do it all, be it all, see it all, have it all figured out. And none of us do, nor will we ever. Well, exactly. And, and that, and that's the secret. Um, when I was telling, talking to a, a, a potential client who was starting a business earlier this week, you know, again, she was in this mode of perfection and I'm like, let me tell you a secret. None of us have it figured out. You're coming to me for advice, thinking I'm some sort of expert on everything. I'm not an expert on everything every day. I'm figuring it out. Um, and I think that's actually part of the fun of it all. Um, if it was, if we knew it all and, you know, we did the same thing every day, life would be pretty boring, right? <laughs> Ain't that the truth? So, there, you know, if, if we I didn't have any curveballs. Right. You have to embrace that. It's going to be different um, and um, make the most of it, I think. Yeah. I love it. Do you have like a, I don't know, a parting word to someone who's maybe on the fence about like, I kind of want to, I kind of want to embark on this journey. Um, but I just, I don't even know where to start. What would you say to that person who's listening to this and like, I have this passion, but I don't know what to do with it. What do I do? I'd say (laughs) reach out to me or Misty. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Because you can do it. And, you know, sometimes it's just, I mean, listen, we're all in the real world. We all have bills to pay. There are practical considerations. And honestly, 10 years ago, I never would have done this because I would have felt like I was not financially secure enough. But, you know, I'm in my 50s. My kids are almost grown up. Um, You know, it's a little 
easier when you have some money put away to be able to make that leap as opposed to when you don't. Um, so, you know, I get it for practical reasons. Like in my 20s, I never would have taken a risk ever about anything <laughs> because I just needed to get a steady paycheck every week. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I get it. So those, if that's your life right now, that's okay. You know, it doesn't have to be your life forever. It's okay that that's the way things are now. We've all been there. And to speak to, I am, I am not in the position that Michelle just explained. I have ever since I've been, uh, we've had children, you know, my husband has had the steady job and I've sort of, um, uh, gotten a serving gig here, a acting gig there, a singing gig here. That's been my whole life, right? Like I'm a scrapper and a, a survivor. And so in my position, we're already kind of used to not having that like that extra income. And so to start this, anything, anything is, <laughs> is wow, we got some money. Look at this. This is great. Right. You know? And so, yes. but, but instead of waiting tables, I'm fueling my future and the future yes. for my children and the future of advocacy and finding your voice and doing this podcast. Like it's, it, it, it lights my fire because I'm not working for somebody else. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Michelle, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm going to have um, all of Michelle's info in the show notes. So definitely check that out. Reach out. Is it okay for people to reach out and just be like, I heard you. I sure. want to talk to you. And uh, I'll have all those connections in the show notes. And thank you so much for being here today. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. Love you, Misty. Love you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Be sure to follow Misty on Instagram. Connect and say hello. We look forward to hearing from you. Bold voices, soft hearts.